Yo, today is October 13, 2022. Welcome to Simply Bitcoin. We are your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover breaking news, culture, bematic warfare. We will show you why only Bitcoin, only Bitcoin can give you true financial sovereignty. Guys, the title is not clickbait. Um, this is absolutely crazy. One of the things happened that Michael Saylor said needed to happen in order to Bitcoin, in order for Bitcoin to continue moving up and eventually hit that $5 million mark. We're going to talk about that today. Really excited. Um, this is just bullish news in general. We're also going to talk about one of the oldest banks in America that was started by Thomas Jefferson is now holding Bitcoin. We know that Thomas Jefferson was not a fan of fiat currency. So is this revenge from the grave? Could it be? I don't know. We, we shall talk about it. But first, I want to give a very special shout out to our awesome guest, Chad Blackburn. How you doing, Chad? Nico, thanks for having me on. Having a great day. Happy to have you on. And of course, my legendary co-host, the always optimistic Optimus Fields. How you doing, buddy? It's it's your humble co-host. Uh, I'm doing well, Nico. I, I We said bullish within the first minute of the show, so I'm already getting riled up. You already know I got my, I'm on my third cup of coffee this morning, so this is going to be a good show. I'm excited. And we got, we got a literal Chad meme in real life on the show today, so this is going to be a good show. <laughs> it's true. That, that That's definitely a good sign. But I mean, dude, like I, I wasn't kidding. I, I wasn't kidding when I said what I said. The guys, we try to stick to the signal, but I think this is really freaking bullish. This is really freaking bullish. I'll let Michael say it himself. You know, we'll, we're just we're just gonna cover the news like we always do. Anyways, Opti, what do we, what do you have for us today, my friend? On oh yeah, okay, culture. So guys, an article got dropped a few days ago on CoinDesk called "What Is It: The Rise and Fall of Bitcoin Culture." And obviously they are trying to dunk on Bitcoiners or AKA Bitcoin maxis. So we, we got to get into it and, and dig through the nitty gritty and of course counter it and, and shit on it. <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're doing Bitcoin stuff on the culture today. Boom, boom, boom. All right. All right, everybody. Let's start the show. Let's do it. Number time. Brought to you by Noddle. At this point, you should be running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't use your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. And if you're a digital nomad, you have absolutely no excuse because now you can run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu today. All right, everybody, at the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 18910 Stop the show right now. Stop what you're doing and stack that corn under 20 k Wow. Well, I might just have to walk away right now and stack some corn. Anyways, uh, sats per dollar, 5288 also known as Moscow time for now. Block height, 758487 Reachable Bitcoin nodes, 15556 Blocks of the Havening. 81,513 having estimates April 20th, 2024. Total Lightning Network capacity, 4,979. Capacity value, we're at 94 million USD. Realized monetary inflation, 1.78%. I want you to keep that number that I just said in your head because that's what we're going to talk about today. The CPI numbers were released. And of course, Bitcoin, like it always does, taking the fiat currencies the dollar, the euro, to absolute school. It's at 1.78% is the realized monetary inflation of Bitcoin. Market capitalization is $362 billion. And if you remember yesterday's episode, that means Bitcoin is very, very small. Only for Bitcoin, if Bitcoin only reaches the market cap at gold of $12 trillion, that would, that would, make, that would make Bitcoin $500,000 a coin. Absolutely bullish. Holy crap. Can't contain myself today. It's just going to be a bullish show overall. Anyways, guys, let's get to some of the inflation data that came out. Let's check some of it out. Here is this article by CBS News. Inflation stayed uncomfortably high in September. Inflation continued to wallop Americans in September with a key measure of prices increase a 40-year high last month. The Labor Department reported on Thursday. Core inflation, which tracks average prices Increases except for volatile food and energy costs rose 6.6% over the past 12 months. It's highest since 1982. Oof. Remember when they told us? Janet Yellen said it. Biden said it. 
that there was going to be no inflation, they lied to you. And you know who got it right? Bitcoiners got it right. Why? Because it wasn't rocket science for us. They even give you the data. They printed a record amount of money. This goes back to all the way to 1959. And you see in 2020, dude, they absolutely lost control. The money printing went parabolic. And now they haven't even... They haven't even contracted M2. They just haven't increased it. And look what it's done to the economy so far. They can't help themselves and they can't stop the Fiat Ponzi. And I'm going to give a Greg Foss a hat tip for that. Um, anyways, going back to uh, going back to this overall pr prices, including food and fuel, rose 8.2 percent last month from a year ago, showing prices continue to decelerate. Albeit slowly, the CPI rose 8.5% and 8.3% in July and August, uh, respectively, from the year ago, period. The Federal Reserve has sharply increased interest rates as it tries to curb the hottest inflation in decades, a process that has driven mortgage, mortgage rates to a 16-year high and helped bring the stock market to its lowest since 2020. And keep this in mind, going back to M2, they really haven't tapered off the money printing, they just... They haven't accelerated like they used to. Um, and now let's talk about the effects. Nico, can we, uh, can we interject there for a second? Go for it. So when I look at this chart, and every, bit, every good Bitcoiner that's studied any history knows that all fiat currencies go this route. Effectively, what you've got there and what you're looking at, at there in that chart is an irresistible temptation that few politicians and few mm. bu bureaucrats can resist. And um, as you know, uh, that authoritarian endeavors always end in calamity. And that is a beautiful infographic of that happening in real time. Absolutely. I, Chad, I think you hit the absolute nail on the head. Um, and they're so kind to provide us the data themselves. You know, like it's like, look, look how degenerates we are. And Chad, I'm glad that you said that because this is extremely damaging to anybody who's in office, right? Guys, we are apolitical on this show as much as humanly possible, right? Uh, both parties do the same thing when they get in power. They print a lot of money. Um, so it's funny, though, because they say they care. But at the same time, Biden signs this is a headline from The New York Times. Biden signs stopgap spending bill with twelve point three billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. So <laughs> how do you care if you continue to print money? Specifically, in this case, print money to pay for war. Um, and what are the consequences of all that printing money? Specifically, if you're under the age of 35, this is the medium sales prices of houses sold for the United States. And check this out. Also, continues to go parabolic. So they're printing all that money. And what we always say, guys, the printing of money is a wealth redistribution from the lower and middle classes that don't have the means to save in assets into wealth redistribution back to the government and back to the very wealthy that do have the means to save in assets, therefore benefit from asset inflation. This is total clown world, but um, I'm, I really believe in that, uh, that, that theory from Ron Paul. I think we might be in the beginnings of the crack up boom. I think this is it. And I think Chad, you were, you were referring to it uh, earlier. What do you, what are your thoughts, man? Are you, are you seeing what I'm seeing? I'm just happy that I'm in Bitcoin. That's, that's my perspective. Right. Uh, we've all made the conscious decision to move our value storage mechanism to something that is sound. And, um, and of course, we all know that fiat currencies will run their course eventually and, um, and end up the way they, they all do. But um, is this the, the crackings of the end days? I don't know that it is. It's completely fair to call for that, um, especially when you recognize that the mere existence of Bitcoin creates a blow-off valve. And as you look at the way the United States is structured and really any governance structure that's built with wise restraints, you've got accountability mechanisms and you've got blow-off valves that allow, um, that allow uh, you know, any of this negative energy to flow into something that can be used positively. And thank God for Bitcoin. And thank God for the Second Amendment too, because that's oh, yes. also a fantastic blow-off valve. I love all the amendments. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment, gorgeous, beautiful. And it's what makes America so unique, right, is people don't understand this. As an immigrant coming mm -hmm. here, the fact that freedom of speech, which is clearly under attack by the powers that be, is protected. It's the First Amendment. It makes it incredibly difficult, right, for them. Um, 
Yeah, man, it, it's what makes America unique and what gives me hope, you know, because at the end of the day, Bitcoin is code, right? Is America going to, going to go back to its first principles or are they going to kind of branch out into this totalitarian shitcoin version of America? We shall see. I'm bullish though. Let, let's see. Maybe I'm maybe I'm hanging out with Opti too much, and some of that optimism is infecting me. Anyways, Opti, what are your thoughts on the the CPI numbers, bro? Dude, we all know they're lying. Okay, they're not. It's not eight point three percent. It's more like fifteen percent. But holy crap, these people can't help themselves but lie because they want to. And I'm gonna borrow this from Lawrence. They want to keep the privilege of being able to issue a money or print a money for free that everybody else has to work for. What are your thoughts, Opti? Well, I was just gonna echo exactly what you just ended this, uh, your little rant with. It's like, let's remember that CPI numbers are manipulated and these numbers are the best that they could come up with. So at 8.2%, I did the math right now, all uh, you know, prices of things will double in about eight years. So if this is the best they can come up with, like, it's not looking good for the future for anyone in the world. And furthermore, we've been we've been echoing on this podcast, on this show for a while that, you know, looking at the first world and we have the best economies and we're almost at double digit inflation. Like this is absolutely insane. As we've been talking about, you know, it does seem that the financial legacy system is on its last leg, but how much longer can they kick the can down the road? We won't know until we continue to beat this dead horse. But I really like what you said, Nico, where you're like, how can they say that they care when they continue to print more money like they are stealing from your future they're stealing from your children's future and they're basically pissing on your head and telling you that it's raining like this is the inevitable end of fiat currency and as a bitcoiner this is what we know to be true and furthermore what we need to try to explain to other people to be true that fiat currency fundamentally steals from you the inflation rate is theft and right now we're at what almost 10 percent in the first world like this is absolutely insane that we are losing <laughs> this much value year on year like this is nuts they have messed up the financial world and we're all paying for it you know the boomers have stolen our future and they're telling us that hey it's okay guys like we're, we're gonna do better next time and it's like man i am just so happy to be a bitcoiner i think i say it on every single show when we cover all these fiat news all these fiat narratives it just it's so it's so nice to be a Bitcoiner. Like Bitcoin Zen is real as the world is burning around you. It's like that one doggy meme, like drinking coffee, you know, like drinking coffee while the world burns around you. It's fine. I'm a Bitcoiner. I, I can, I can withstand <laughs> you have it. the coffee and everything. <laughs> I can oh, withstand man. it. Like it's just crazy. We live in clown world and the more that the legacy media and the financial world uh, colludes together to tell us that the world is okay. You know, like don't trust your eyes. Don't trust your ears. Trust the party line. It's, it's just getting more crazy. And I think that all this crazy stuff is waking more people up. And I say it all the time, you know, legacy media, financial legacy, uh, the legacy financial world, they're the best marketers for Bitcoin because they have fucked the world up and we are paying the price for it. Yeah, absolutely. It, this is why, guys, this is why we dedicate the show. And this is what makes Bitcoiners different than shitcoiners. This is about separation of money and state. It's about freeing mankind from the tyranny of government money, from the tyranny of central banking. And only Bitcoin, because of its because of its decentralized properties, is able to do that. If it's not decentralized, it will inevitably be co-opted by government. Anyways, guys, let's move on to news. A lot of bullish news today. I, I can't contain myself. Let's check it out. The Daily News. Brought to you by Bitbox 2 Bitcoin only edition, a hardware wallet by Shift Crypto, crypto like cryptography. It's secure, it's open source, and it's so easy your mom can set it up. Self custody is the revolution, and the Bitbox makes it simple. Do not leave your Bitcoin on an exchange. Order a Bitbox today. All right. I, I, I opt to every single time. I want to buy a Bitbox every single time. Never fails. Anyways, guys. This is the bullish news, okay? And when, when I said what I said in the title, I was not exaggerating. Um, this is the Chad Sailor himself. Oh, we got a Chad in, the, in, in Simply today. This is interesting. Two Chads. Um, you got a Chad that's been calling for this for a long time. Yes, he has. Uh, okay, so um, Michael Saylor retweeted or tweeted this Wall Street Journal article, which we're going to get to. But he said, this is his personal uh, thoughts on this. He says, this is a major milestone on the road to... 
Bitcoin institutional Bitcoin adoption. We're going to get to why that is. But first, I want to play you a clip from Sailor in a spaces and he talks about why that is, or he talks about how this is one of the steps to get there. Anyways, let's check it out. And shout out to Neil Jacobs also for retweeting this. But there are three things that are massive catalysts that cause an acceleration. And I, I don't think that those three things don't take us to 500,000. They take us to 5 million a coin, right? Those three things are. So, and one of the things that he's gonna mention, right, is this. The FASB settles on fair value accounting for measuring crypto assets. Now, mentioned three things. This was one of the things. Now, why is he saying that? I think this article explains it perfectly. So it goes on to say the financial accounting standards born on Wednesday said companies should use fair value accounting for measuring Bitcoin and other crypto assets, moving a step closer to a standard that can clear up uncertainty over reporting how much so how much such holdings are worth. There are currently no specific accounting or disclosure rules for cryptocurrency assets. So businesses classify them as indefinite lived intangible assets similar to intellectual property such as trademarks. Companies must review the value of such assets at least once a year and write it down if it drops below the purchase price. If the value rises, companies can only record a gain when they sell the asset, not if they continue holding it. I'm going to read that again. That's a lot of signal, right? Companies must review the value of such assets at least once a year and write it down if it drops below the purchase price. If the value rises, companies, companies can only record a gain when they sell the asset, not if they continue holding it. That means that Michael Saylor, uh, sorry, that MicroStrategy, Tesla, according to these, the old accounting requirements, the value, they cannot report the increase in the value of their companies because they can, if the price of Bitcoin rises, when it rises, they can only report it if they sell that Bitcoin. Well, that changed, right? And that, I believe, is going to create a further incentive, right? Because what do companies do? Companies have to increase shareholder value, right? So, and what do they do that? Bitcoin is the best savings technology the world has ever seen. And that provides a crazy incentive. Anyways, companies and accountants want the FASB to adopt fair value accounting instead, which would allow them to recognize losses and gains immediately and treat digital assets as financial assets. The FASB on Wednesday said fair value accounting best captures the economics of crypto assets and determined the method would be uh, determined the method would be a requirement rather than an option for companies. Quote. We've heard from investors that they want transparency through disclosure, and the only way to get to that is fair value, board member Gary Bosser said. The price of Bitcoin, the world's largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization, has fallen from a high of nearly 68,000 in November, in November, around 19,000 this month, according to data provider FactSheet. The only way to get any kind of real information on the holding of Bitcoin or Ethereum is through fair value. Companies and investors have asked the FASB for years for rules on how to account for and disclose crypto assets. The accounting standard setter in December started researching whether to establish new regulations, and in May it added a crypto project to its technical agenda that sets its rule-making priorities. The current approach to accounting for digital assets requires businesses to prepare financial statements in a manner that doesn't accurately reflect the results of their operations or financial conditions, according to MicroStrategy Chief Executive Officer Fong Lei. The, the Tyson's Corner, Virginia-based software company, they're talking about MicroStrategy, had around $1.99 billion in Bitcoin as of June 30th, down from $2.89 billion at the end of March. According to regulatory filings, MicroStrategy acquired another roughly 301 Bitcoins between August and September. We expect the disconnect between the reporting carrying value in our balance sheet and the fair market value of our Bitcoin holdings to grow significantly over time. And this is why this rule change is so significant and is so incredibly bullish. Now, this is different, guys. Remember, we always tell you Bitcoin, there's the investment and then there's the revolution. This is from an investment perspective. This is massive. This is absolutely huge. Now, companies could accurately reflect. And remember, we all believe in number go up technology. But if MicroStrategy isn't allowed to reflect that in their accounting, Right. Then what what uh, incentive do other companies have to adopt that as well? Right now, MicroStrategy's valuation by the time of the next halving. Holy shit. Michael Saylor is going to look like an absolute genius. But that was only possible 
if though if they change those rules which is why michael saylor in the beginning when we played you that clip was making the case that hey this is one of the necessary three things that needed to happen so it's a major milestone from an investment perspective holy shit this is very very bullish news chad what are your thoughts on this my friend all right so a couple of thoughts the first one why did it take this long Right. People have been calling for this for a long time, especially from the accounting community. And FASB took a really long time to react on this. And I think the good answer there is that our bureaucracy has become so big and impossible to get anything through that um, that it just it just takes way longer to do these things that shouldn't take that long. Um, Second thing, this is a huge signal for liberty. Right. So uh, the United States uh, is constantly at an innumerable number of, of crossroads between authoritarianism and liberty. And, um, and this is a, a massive signal and a huge win that libertarian energy that exists within the United States public sector just planted a massive flag. It's going to be great for adoption. And once again, uh, when it comes to uh, U.S. tax treatment and other things like that, we want Bitcoin to get out as far as possible so that if that authoritarian dragon does raise its head in a material way, we are just so far gone that you can't do anything about it. It's kind of like gun laws against the Second Amendment. Cat's out of the bag. Decentralization has already happened. Adoption's already happened. And the administrative burden of turning the dial back on that would be so great that it becomes not feasible and impossible. Yeah, dude. And I agree. I think I think what we're witnessing is we're witnessing the victory of freedom. And I would even push back a little bit, Chad. I would say this isn't just a bloated bureaucracy. This is malicious. I mean, look at the report by the Biden administration, the digital assets framework. Look at how the look at how the SEC suspiciously approved futures, Bitcoin futures, but hasn't approved spot. We know that futures can and has been used in the past to manipulate the prices of assets and specifically put the prices down, right? Spot can't really do that, right? So it's it's funny how they approve one thing, they don't approve another. And also not to mention Catlin Long's bank in, uh, in Wyoming, Custodia, that still hasn't received the Fed charter, right? Which would integrate Bitcoin more into the financial system, the United States. And of course that hasn't been approved as well. So I liked, I like from my perspective, and again, we, we have to cover the news every day on simply this looks 100% malicious from the bureaucracy. But I mean, are you surprised, right? That their, their power comes from their unique privilege to create money out of thin air, which they use to fund themselves, that everybody else has to work for. But I agree, man. I think that free markets are doing what free markets always do. And, man, a lot of victory, Opti, these last couple Because they always win. The free (laughs) markets always win. Oh, I just noticed the shirt. Oh, man. Booyakasha. Okay. Opti, what are your thoughts on this, my friend? Drop some. This is already optimistic, but drop some more optimism. Well, I don't know how much more optimistic we can get, except for, you know, we, we've been saying for a while, I, the meme, like institutions are coming, but watching Bitcoin become financialized in real time, it's just amazing to see this happen. And furthermore, regulators, uh, at least in my opinion, bending the knee to Bitcoin and Bitcoin starting to change the rules. I, you know, I think this is hope that we might actually get favorable laws for Bitcoin in the future instead of just simply being the enemies of the financial world. And it's just, you know, it's the meme. Like you don't change Bitcoin, Bitcoin changes you. And this is what we're doing here as Bitcoiners. And furthermore, just Bitcoin as a network itself, like the world will have to bend the knee to Bitcoin because Bitcoin is such a, like, like the meme, you know, it, it routed around the system and it's just so different to what we have right now that the, those, you know, financial bros, they <laughs> will have, they will have to rework the financial world to not just fit Bitcoin, but Bitcoin will just like stamp in a whole new system. And, and you know, that, that to me is absolutely uh, optimistic into the future. It's like, we won't no longer just be stuck with the status quo of getting robbed consistently and, and basically be the enemies of freedom because we are Bitcoiners and we just want to transact freely without someone in the middle. So amazing news. I mean, I, this, I, this completely missed my radar, Nico. So I'm glad that you covered this one, bro. 
Yeah, dude, crazy stuff. Uh, we got five minutes. I'm debating whether we should cover this as well. All right, shoot let's, it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. So another piece of incredibly bullish news. We should just call this episode the bullish episode. That's right. This is the Wall Street Journal. And for our audio listeners, they have a picture of Thomas Jefferson with laser eyes. A giant picture of Thomas Jefferson with laser eyes on the Wall Street Journal. Memetics are winning. This is why memes is why, guys, we don't we don't joke around. Memes are a tool. They're a weapon in this information war. And here you go. Proof of that. Proof is in the pudding. Wall Street Journal, giant article called America's oldest bank, BNY Mellon, will hold that crypto now. They obviously mean crypto is a shit coin. Bitcoin's where it's at. But hey, they, they can't help themselves. They need good SEO, I guess. And of course, there's a giant picture of Thomas Jefferson with laser eyes. Anyways, let's get to it. The nation's oldest bank said it would begin receiving clients' cryptocurrencies on Tuesday, becoming the first large U.S. bank to safeguard digital assets alongside traditional investments on the same platform. BNY Mellon won the approval of New York's financial regulator this fall to begin receiving select customers' Bitcoin and Ether starting this week. The bank will store the keys required to access and transfer those assets and provide the same bookkeeping services on those digital assets that it offers to fund managers for their portfolios of stocks, bonds, commodities, and other assets. The move marks an important milestone for traditional banks and their growing acceptance of digital assets as a legitimate market and source of new business. While many Wall Street executives still question crypto's potential and aim to tread cautiously until Washington clarifies how the market will be regulated, firms have responded to calls from a growing number of large investment firm clients to step into their traditional role as intermediaries. So a lot to unpack there. Incredibly bullish. Add this to the Michael Saylor. Next bull market is going to freaking blow our minds. This is the infrastructure for institutions is being laid out. It's being built out. Remember the news from BlackRock. It's being built out in the depths of this bear market so, so it's ready for the next bull market. It's very interesting. Um, so a couple things to unpack there. Is this good for the revolution? No. Why? Keyword on the bottom here, the last word that they said, intermediaries. The whole point of Bitcoin, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. The whole point of Bitcoin is that now you can hold your wealth, whether that's a million dollars, a billion dollars, trillion dollars. You could store 12 words. You can memorize 12 words in your head, and you could store that. It's very easy to store a large amount of wealth by yourself. You, you don't you no longer require these intermediaries, right? But a lot of people, specifically businesses, do feel comfortable with these intermediaries. I think that this is more bullish on a business perspective rather than an individual perspective. Now, it's interesting because of Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson hated paper currency. I'm going to read this quote uh, or Alexander Hamilton. I was messing it up the entire time. Alexander Hamilton was the founder of, of BNY Mellon. So it was Alexander Hamilton. I apologize, guys. Anyways, this is his quote. He says, To emit an unfunded paper as the sign of value ought not to continue a formal part of the Constitution, nor ever hereafter to be employed. Being in its nature, pregnant with abuses and liable to be made the engine of imposition and fraud, holding out temptations equally pernicious to the integrity of government and to the morals of the people. Man, he, he has a really great way of writing um, and saying words. But uh, but yeah, he hated paper money. It's like he knew. We knew that paper money was a scam 250 years ago, and people haven't learned their lessons. Now, why did I say this isn't bullish for the revolution? Let me introduce to you, I'll, I'm sure a lot of you Bitcoiners know, Executive Order 6102. Executive Order 6102 is an executive order signed on April 5th, 1933, forbidding the holding of gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates with the continental United States. Now, why am I connecting it with the bank? Well, here is one of the prosecutions, and maybe you guys will notice something. There was a need to strengthen Executive 102 as the persecution under the order was ruled invalid by federal judge on the grounds that the order was signed by the president instead of the Secretary of Treasury as required. The circumstances of the case were that a New York attorney named Frederick Barber Campbell had one deposit at Chase National Bank of over 5,000 troy ounces of gold. That's right. So in one of the prosecutions, in fact, the first example on Wikipedia... 
was what did they do when they made gold illegal people didn't know this was going to happen what was the first thing the government did knocked on the doors of the banks and said hey that gold that belonged to your customer now it's ours they stole it now with bitcoin think about gold it's very difficult to store you need a giant vault you need the necessary infrastructure in order to do it effectively but with bitcoin all you have to do is memorize words or put your put your uh, put your seed on metal, of course, preferably cipher safe, and you could put it someplace safe. You could bury it in the backyard. You could use multisig, and you could separate those seeds around different countries using geographically separated uh, uh, seeds. Right. So, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that we can't make the same mistakes of the past. We have to learn from the past, and we know that the government, specifically, it's if it gets into a sticky situation, has a history of seizing wealth that is stored in banks, right? So bullish news from an investment standpoint, BNY Mellon is now accepting Bitcoin and shitcoin deposits, specifically Ethereum. And Michael Saylor, one of the three things that he said was necessary in order to get Bitcoin to 5 million happened, which is the FSAB made it so that accounting, accounting wise, you can reflect in current time the actual increases or decreases in the price of Bitcoin. Freaking incredibly bullish day, man. Chad, what are your thoughts on uh, BNY Mellon? I think it's historic, man. I think this is a historic day. I think it's a very visible vote in the direction of, of, of Bitcoin and our cause. Uh, there's a lot of folks that had known that BNY, BNY Mellon was working uh, with a company specifically uh, doing this. Um, but... Uh, it's exciting to see this published because that means that the beta worked because they wouldn't be publishing it if it was uh, a failure. Um, now, I, th I think this does create uh, a scenario where you could potentially have a concentration of Bitcoin that is mm. serious, uh, you know, a market moving amount of Bitcoin that is going to be a honeypot for the authoritarian uh, that is embedded in every bureaucracy across the world. So how do we solve that? Um, do you solve it through regulation, right? Because you look at the ways that this concentration of Bitcoin could be used in a perverse way. Um, or do you potentially solve this technically, right? Is there a multi-sig solution? Is there a way to store this where you reduce your custodial risk in this scenario? So, um, and, uh, and then, of course, something else to toss in there. This might actually have something to do with the spot ETF that you're watching. Mm. So. Ooh. Ooh, some sauce. Some sauce. Anyways, Opti, what are your thoughts on this, my friend? I, I, I don't think you could make this more optimistic than it already is. Well, I might surprise you because I'm a little conflicted on this one, Nico, because while on the one hand, this does signal to normies that Bitcoin is safe and that they, you know, should be getting into the market, maybe have some exposure on this and, and you know, be on we, BNY Mellon being one of the oldest and biggest custodial banks and now they're getting into the custodial Bitcoin bank. Uh, first off, there is the skid mark of ETH being there, but you know, mm. banks make money off the fees. So obviously saw this coming, but like we're saying, the fact that it's a bank holding the Bitcoin keys and all that stuff as, as a person that, that always just pushes the idea of self custody is the revolution. You know, to me, it's kind of the same thing as if you're holding your Bitcoin on an exchange, it just has, you know, the, the faith and credit of the bank's words holding, you know, <laughs> making you feel that you're safe over there. But so that's, that's my confliction because, you know, we, I love the meme of be your own bank and I still think and believe in that. And so while on the one hand, I do understand that this signals to the market that Bitcoin is a safe investment, you know, institutions are coming, institutions are coming and all that. On the other hand, I am just so paranoid of rehypothecation that I just, I, I instantly, you know me, I, I clam up when I hear about banks holding Bitcoin and politicians endorsing Bitcoin. And this is why I'm always just going so hard on self custody, like use Bitcoin, in the wallets that we recommend all the time, you know, like use Sparrow, use Spectre on your desktop, use Bitbox with cold card and sold seed signer, like, uh, like with those, those desktop apps and, you know, use Breeze, Moon, Phoenix, Blue Wallet, Wallet of Satoshi, Pine Wallet, Moon, like all those wallets on your phone, because I, I'm just so paranoid about 
getting back into the position that we've gotten to at this point that I, at every point I have to try to reiterate to people that the, the revolution is self-custody and you do not need these banks for you to hold your Bitcoin. I know people trade off convenience and, and you know, the right way a lot of times. So while I know that this does signal to the market that this is a bullish, bullish moment for Bitcoin, like we say all the time, you know, it's the bear market and Bitcoin adoption is happening at breakneck speed and we're continuing to build this decentralized financial system. Mm -hmm. It does get me kind of, you know, I, I do get a little scared because I know that people will just basically trade all the convenience that comes with the bank for the actual revolution that is self-custody. And we might get ourselves back in a position where we're rehypothecating mm -hmm. our Bitcoin. So I am conflicted on this, but hey, it's all bullish for Bitcoin. So, you know, it, it's hard not to stay optimistic, Nico. Opti, the truth teller. That was some wisdom that Opti just dropped. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I, and this is why we have to separate in our minds, guys, the difference, right, between Bitcoin from an investment perspective and Bitcoin, the revolution, right? From a revolutionary aspect, all the news that I just said. In fact, I would even you you can even make the argument that it's negative from a revolutionary aspect because revolution is individuals taking self custody, but from an investment standpoint, it's incredibly freaking bullish. So I think we could separate the two, and I love all the all the plebs in the chat. Shout out to all you guys. Anyways, Opti, let's check out the culture. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, guys, I want to give a shout out to the largest Bitcoin conference on the West Coast. It's coming up November 10th through the 11th in Los Angeles, California, Pacific Bitcoin speaker loose speaker list includes. That's right. The Chad, Michael Saylor will be there. Lynn Alden, Corey Clipston, Jeff Booth, Pierre Richard, Mark Moss. So many more. So much more. I can't read. Nico and Opti are going to be doing a live Simply Bitcoin from Pacific Bitcoin. You're not going to want to miss it. And you could take advantage of the promo code all caps simply to get a major discount on your Pacific Bitcoin tickets. Opti, what do you have for us today, brother? All right, guys. Well, I said I'm going to cover this article, but before I get into it, I have to lay the context for today. As you guys know, I literally kill this soundboard. You're against Bitcoin. You're all against the time. Freedom. But today we are going to expand the the full meme that Nico created. If you're against Bitcoin toxicity, you're against Bitcoin, and if you're against Bitcoin, you're against freedom. This is the context that we're going to lay out before we get into this article, because I fundamentally believe that this is this is pure signal right here of this meme that Nico created like I think Bitcoin is freedom and this is why there's so many savage people out there defending Bitcoin but I'll get into that afterwards so today's article man they're really coming hard after the Bitcoiners um, this is an opinion piece on CoinDesk and it's called the rise and fall of Bitcoin culture crypto's first token created a culture and then a monster so let's get into this I'm not going to cover the whole story because it, there's a lot of fluff in here but we'll, we'll cover some of the main points and then we'll counter them with some tweets from our friends and then we'll jump in and add some signals so first and foremost Bitcoin maximalism has become so desperately unhinged I consider it a cultural Chernobyl the situation was not always so Bitcoin Bitcoin culture was not maximalist for most of its history. The zealots infecting modern Bitcoin culture are usurpers. Amazing. Amazing. Anyways, this part right here goes into some of his history of, of making himself look like a Bitcoin OG. And then he goes, I was never a Bitcoin maximalist. And this is the crux. Back then, people who didn't like altcoins or shitcoins just ignored them. There was never any suggestion that holding other coins was verboten. Adds a little point about Satoshi himself had work with Namecoin. And there was no culturally monolithic embargo on altcoins like today there was no purity test to pass before i go on further i had to i had to dig up some tweets and this is mr hoddle and i love hoddle he's one of the most toxic persons on twitter and he goes name coin is what made me realize that there isn't room for another blockchain it's the only coin that made sense to me and still lost 99.999 percent of its value to bitcoin and furthermore i had a soft spot for name coin back in the day unfortunately the market didn't i used to like monero as well until i realized how centralized it was and had very little chance to scale every altcoin is a pump and dump when priced in bitcoin 
So let that's the first, uh, you know, knock on this whole let's uh, authority. Uh, what's it called? Uh, vote to authority of Satoshi liking name coins and other coins. Anyways, let's get into the stay toxic aspect. So as you all probably know, but if you don't, the term maximalism was coined in 2014 by Vitalik Buterin, infamous, infamous crypto shit coiner and creator of ETH. But if you are a Bitcoiner, then you might take the Bitcoin Maxi name and run with it as a badge of pride. Or as Pete Rizzo informs us in one of his great articles that was just released, we covered it back in the day. Uh, you might believe one of the following. One, Bitcoin, a computer science invention, is the world's first working non-state monetary system all other crypto assets compete with bitcoin by virtue of their existence none offer long-term advantages without trade-offs to invest in the cryptocurrencies is select one wrong stupid immoral or uninteresting and should be discouraged and ignored socially for the benefit of others as a form of consumer protection and three bitcoin is the only limited by or bitcoin is only limited by human ingenuity anything other cryptocurrencies can do can otherwise be achieved by either bitcoin or a centralized financial alternative and this is the stance that i take i i come from the first principles of austrian economics that the best money will win and every other shit coin out there is competing to be money whether they say they are or not they can say they're you know i have all these dApps and all this stuff but they're fundamentally competing to be money but if you belong to the shitcoin communities being called a bitcoin maximalist is a pejorative it's meant to invoke a certain closed-mindedness or lack of imagination in the bitcoin community Sometimes it suggests that maxis are only out to maximize their profits. But how did we get here and how can we escape maximalism? So again, this is his crux of this whole position and this whole paper. Let me be absolutely clear where I stand. Maximalism is extremely detrimental to crypto, turning it into an endless grind of factionalism. This factionalism is intrinsically self-destructive because it is unappealing to the mainstream, manifesting as aggression, hostility, and toxicity. And as Samson Mao put it and others put it on Twitter, yes, Bitcoin maximalism is detrimental to crypto. That's the point. There is Bitcoin and there is shitcoin. We are here to separate money from state. And yes, the toxicity is a feature and not a bug. Everything is competing on the free market to be money, whether these shitcoiners agree to it or not. And those are just the facts. This is the first, uh, first level fundamental place that most bitcoiners start from and like the meme is you know bitcoin maxis or i just like to call them principled bitcoiners now are the white blood cells here there is no marketing team to protect bitcoin protect bitcoin but that's why we get so toxic on twitter but to that extent i've been saying for a while that yes we could use a little better messaging and spread Bitcoin in, in various ways. There's a time and a place for toxicity and there's a time and a place to push the, the benefits of Bitcoin so that people understand that there is utility, there is use in Bitcoin. And sometimes, you know, we get lost in the sauce and we just start hating on everyone. So maybe to a point he might have a little, you know, a little room there, but this is not what he's saying in this article. He's essentially shilling for ETH this whole article and saying, uh, Bitcoin maxis are big old meanies. We're all in this together. Together. Anyways, this next paragraph, it goes, give a little bit. I want to stress to the newcomers, especially the infamous join 2021 generation, that maximalism is not a Bitcoin norm. I really love this point because he's basically trying to dunk on all the newer Bitcoiners and saying that we're all myopic, that we only believe in one way, that we that we haven't put in the work. But even if you're new to Bitcoin, that doesn't mean you haven't put in the work. I think it's fundamentally easier now to become a Bitcoiner, to sidestep all the shit coins. I say it all the time in our spaces you have no excuse to be a shitcoiner nowadays because the education is so far ahead of where it was when i came into the game that it's become easier to side skip everything and just get straight to the sauce and become a bitcoiner and you can trace the origins of today's maximalism back to the bitcoin civil war when in the victory in technical terms was clear cut and clean uh that he tries to call them the maoist small blockers or just bitcoin small blockers save bitcoin from an attack by the miners primarily through the UASF counter tactic. And I really love this tweet. Hold on. Before I get into some of this, I really love this tweet right here by Mir. Uh, she says, even when they try to insult us, they end up complimenting with reasonable points. 
uh, he, he pretty much admitted that toxicity is a feature, that toxicity is a white blood cell, that toxicity did help and save and protect Bitcoin. And this is what we tell you guys all the time. Yes, toxicity sometimes eats its own, but hey, sometimes that's just part of the game. We are here to protect the most important monetary revolution that there is. And sometimes there is some casualties. <laughs> as uh, as sometimes some of you guys know, you feel it sometimes. Anyways, this set the stage for maximalist emphasis on adversarial thinking. It is Bitcoin against everyone where attack is the best defense. You need only look at how Bitcoin maxis comes armed with a set of derivative prepackaged talking points. And again, he's trying to dunk on Bitcoiners because we come from first principles. I don't, I don't need to, you know, get into crazy complex theories when I understand simple Austrian economics. The best money will win at the end of the day. And Bitcoin is the best, most decentralized currency out there. And nothing even comes close. Now that ETH is a proof of stake, what's the numbers, Nico? Uh, proof of work is 94% Bitcoin. It's dominating on all metrics out there. But anyways, maximalist consolidated by firming up the expe expectations on its own members i've said it all the time for years pleb or bitcoiner sharpens bitcoiner we are in um, a monetary war right now and before you go to war you got to practice your skills and make sure that you are sharp and up to date and just because we meme you today doesn't mean that we don't know what we're talking about anyways bitcoin macro logic is restricted it is about who can behave in the purest, most aesthetic manner. The problem for members at it is most puritanical cultures is it's a double-edged sword. You can enjoy berating crypto degens for the excess, but you may find the laws weaponized against yourself. It's just part of the game, man. You know, the, the white blood cells sometime attacked its own, and that's not everyone. I really love the narrative here that all Bitcoiners are lumped up to the lowest hanging fruit, and we're all degenerates, we're all idiots, and that we're all just toxic, spewing hate. This is not how it is. Bitcoin as far as I'm concerned are some of the most helpful people out there if you come with with pure and and faith like open-minded uh constructive criticism if you're here to learn bitcoiners will teach you but if you're here to you know start fud and and create chaos then you will get demolished and savaged anyways he does not want to leave the impression that this is simply a critique of bitcoin my words are directed squarely at the triumphalist nihilism of bitcoin maximalists to encourage the pu pushback i really love this point this is where you can see his true colors i propose another path one where bitcoin is positively affiliated with the rest of crypto no there is bitcoin and there is shit coins and this is why we go so hard on all you shit coiners is because the fact that you try to say we're all in this together and make us all on equal playing field is why you get savage so much. And furthermore, this last sentence, Bitcoiners could help build the full suite of decentralized organization, finance and creativity that a post centralized society will need. Uh, I am pretty sure am that this is what Bitcoiners do every single day to spread the sound money gospel, to continue to build the decentralized, uh, what's he say, financial and creative post-centralized tools that we need. And this is what it means to be a Bitcoiner. Yes, some people get savage, some people get lost in the mix, but his colors have been exposed here. And I really like this exchange by Samson Mao and this guy, Matt, and he goes, what kind of strange culture embraces toxicity? And if it wasn't a filthy Bitcoin maxi, this would make me suspicious enough that the author has an alternative agenda and he's un untrustworthy. And Mao says the author is an ETH maxi. And you only have to look at his Twitter profile real quick. He's got NFT cipher. What are those things called? I forget what those little nft toys are called but he deleted most of his tweets and he only retweeted some of this good positive stuff but it's very obvious that he's a shit coiner so you know where his his bias is coming from anyways to that point i saw this article by beauty on and beauty on i love the signal that he that he puts out on twitter he in my opinion has some of the best signal out there and I love this framing right here. It goes, what's the motivation of publishing this sort of tripe? It's an opinion piece. All sides must be heard. Everyone has a voice type of take. When they're promoting 
is a voice saying that the unbanked must remain unbanked, that the violence, theft, and imperialism of the U.S. fiat money system must never be challenged by non-Westerners, and that the uppity ideas above their station, El Salvadorians, should be put back in their place. That's exactly what Coinbase is promoting when they publish drivel like this. That's exactly what they promote when they pump multi-coinism. If the state wanted to delay hyper-Bitcoinization, it would look like this. They would launch an Operation Mockingbird. Oh, you didn't know? The Bank of England has openly allocated $11 million to propagandize against Bitcoin. You'd have to be literally mad to think the CIA isn't doing the same thing in secret. It would look just like this Dylan Ellen piece. FUD and nonsense. What's that? You say it's a conspiracy theory? Sorry, it is not. They're using academics to do this, and they don't want you using Bitcoin. They're trying to slow down adoption. And this is why we try to promote the Bitcoin wallets every single day. And he's got Samurai Wallet, Breathe, Blue Wallet, Pine, Wallet of Satoshi, Moon, or Phoenix. Every time you list the names of a Bitcoin wallet, one of their dark angel dies. The question there for you is, are you promoting wallets every chance you get? This is why we continue to try to promote the best use, the best tools for Bitcoin, because you can mean people all you want, but you need to give them calls to action. You need to get them to the right information. And, you know, just yelling at people, have fun staying poor, while it gets our point across or bitcoin fixes this while this gets our point across you got to show them and lead them to the tools bitcoin does fix this but only if you take it into self-custody and you use the correct tools but furthermore to beauty on's point if you didn't think that this was a academic uh psyop look at one of the uh, the comments that coindesk hid on their posts one, this is a weak personal Bitcoin origin story. Two, clear failure to grok BTC history and design decisions. Three, professed love of Bitcoin. Four, a subtle show of ETH. Five, attack Bitcoiners for not being open-minded to shitcoin Ponzi's. And six, subtle buy my shitcoin pitch. Yes, they hid this on Twitter. Anyways, the next one. Even if Bitcoiners were less toxic, Terra Luna would still have blown up. 3AC would still have imploded. Celsius would still have gone bankrupt. Solana would still need reboots. Ethereum would still be captured by regulators. DeFi would still get hacked regularly. Shitcoiners will shitcoin no matter what we do or don't do, but Bitcoin maximalists and toxicity may save some people from getting wrecked. And this is the point here, guys. I wouldn't be here without toxic Bitcoin maximalists because this whole kumbaya of shitcoins and Bitcoins being in the same arena, in the same realm, is complete bull. There is Bitcoin and there is shitcoin. And anyone that tries to match the two together is trying to take your Bitcoin, in my opinion. Yes, that's a simplistic view, but you're better off to start with that toxic view that shitcoins were created to steal your Bitcoin. So fundamentally stay toxic out there because we are trying to protect people from putting their hand on the stove. I've gotten wrecked trying to, you know, be open-minded in shitcoin land. And I just want to help people avoid that. This is why we come on the show every day. This is why we spread the signal as much as possible. But I really like this comment by Patrick the Motorist. and goes, Chernobyl, a power plant where the employees ignored every warning and turned off every failsafe to a predictable outcome. I would say Chernobyl is a better analogy to the crypto Ponzi's and not the Bitcoiners who are warning against them. Yes, Bitcoiners are the warning sign. Bitcoins are the alarms ringing, telling you to avoid the Ponzi's. And furthermore, one of my favorite accounts on Twitter, Bitcoin is saving, goes, TLDR, the author wants to increase the cost and complexity of Bitcoin node software, saved you from reading 2,000 words. Most shockingly, the author believes that this is a new idea while claiming to be an OG. Exactly. This is the point here. He claims to, to know what's best for the community, claims to be here the longest. He claims to know where the culture is going. And yet he's an ETH maxi shitcoiner and is basically saying, guys, you guys are too mean. We need to spread Bitcoin adoption. And the crux of this whole thing is we've, this is why Bitcoiners warn you. This is why we go out there every single day and some people are toxic and some people, you know, maybe savage a little too hard, but it's to make a point. These shitcoins are centralized garbage designed to steal your Bitcoin. I really love this picture by Max Kaiser. And the whole point of this, guys, is Bitcoiners are here for the revolution. We understand that this is a monetary war. We understand that... If you're against Bitcoin toxicity, you're against Bitcoin. And if you're against Bitcoin, you're against freedom. 
I fundamentally believe that this is this is the fight of our lives, this monetary war we are in, as we've been covering on the news for this show for a long time. The legacy system is about to blow up. And as I saw in the comments, if if us being toxic can help one person avoid shitcoinery, then it is all worth it. I wouldn't be here without toxic Bitcoiners. But to one point in that article, I do realize that there is a time and a place for toxicity. And there's also a time and a place to spread the utility and the and the positive values of Bitcoin. And I think we do need some tact in our messaging. And this is why I've been trying to be so optimistic on the show and, and spread the fact that Bitcoin or not Bitcoiners, pre-coiners need to know that Bitcoin is here for them. And, you know, why I love the memes of have fun staying poor, Bitcoin fixes this. Sometimes we do need to hold people's hands. Sometimes we do need to meet people where they are. But that doesn't mean that toxicity is a bug. Toxicity is a feature. We are here protecting the network because if we don't do it, who else will? So continue to stay toxic, continue to meme, continue to ridicule people because that is the, the strongest form of spreading the word. But also make sure that people know that Bitcoin is valuable. Be a shining example of being a solid Bitcoiner and people will want that for themselves in their lives. Anyways, rant over, jump in Nico. Um, no, that was epic. That's why we call him Saint Opti. We don't call him Saint Opti for no reason. Bitcoin toxicity is absolutely necessary. Um, and the only people that want to cancel toxicity are scammers and shitcoiners that are still in denial. Dude, I, I know it's not pretty. I know the decentralized immune system of Bitcoin Twitter sometimes eats its own, right? But you can't deny the utility of that immune system. They were shouting from the rooftops that Corey Clipson, CEO of Swan, was this toxic, you know, you can't deal with this person. And look how many people he saved from the Celsius debacle. He was posting messages and DMs of people thanking him. And, you know, we saw from the leak, right, the doxing information, man, a lot of people lost a lot of money due to that. And if it wasn't for toxicity... A lot of people don't wouldn't be saved, right? Alex Alex Mashinsky, he even he even to quote himself, like he said, he's like, oh, these Bitcoin maxis, they're they're making you self custody. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, Chad, what are your thoughts on all this, man? Do you believe that Bitcoin toxicity is necessary? Um, you know what? If Bitcoin toxicity is is uh, is the truth. You know what? That's it's just an expression of that. And Opti, oh my God, so much signal there. Um, all right. So as we look at this article, man, you just cannot let others try and define your culture. It is. Um, I'm not sure what the spirit of what that that guy is. Um, you know, wanting to accomplish. Uh, I think uh, probably nine tenths of what he's trying to accomplish is get some clickbait, um, and then. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to guess what other agenda that that they are running. But you know what? The Bitcoin culture forms naturally. It's a free market. And um, and the way that, that we express that, especially through our humor, is, is, is special. It's unique. It's creative. And uh, at the end of the day, we are communicating truth and we're promoting virtues that help promote a freer and better world. There it is. Oof, beautiful, beautiful. That, fear and better world. Man, I like that. This is why Bitcoin toxicity is absolutely necessary. Anyways, Opti, let's check out the meme review. The Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by CypherSafe. Don't be that person that loses their Bitcoin seed due to fire damage, water damage, dog attacks. Back up your generational Bitcoin wealth on steel and there's no better place to do it than the cypher grid by cypher safe and now check out their new bitcoin art the bitcoin rulux triangle only on cyphersafe.io all right guys you already know i know i know rusty thought i was i was shitting on him for being a, a memer but tweets are the bullets and memes are the artillery and we are in an information war so continue to meme continue to get calls of actions continue to spread the signal anyways right here one of my favorite uh recent bitcoin accounts at anti maxi on twitter he says save yourself from the cultural chernobyl that is bitcoin maximalism by joining anti 
today and let the dying breed pulsive maxis live through their cultural Chernobyl. Maximalists be like. <laughs> And uh, and a suit outside of Chernobyl. Amazing, good, good meme. All right, this next one. It's it's a little it's a little subtle one, and this is Lena Cisha, and she goes cold storage. I made this one for Relays apps, twenty one Bitcoin basics, and we got some normie pre coiners. I keep my money in the bank. I keep my money at home. And then one of them asked the Bitcoiners, "Where do you keep your money?" And for those in the spaces, it's a bubble with a bunch of a bunch of different uh, shapes and symbols, which is basically just a play on the idea of you can save 12 words into your brain about uh, different things, different words that is your Bitcoin seed. Anyways, this next one, Bitcoiners are people of principle and integrity. This is 21 JCLP. I love this one. Hence why I had to add this. Hashtag Bitcoin, not shitcoins. And we got uh, Coinbase, Binance, MPC. Shitcoins are very profitable and popular. And a Bitcoin chat, he goes, okay, but you're exploiting in ignorance to make people poor. Coinbase, MPC, Binance, MPC says, but so many people are doing it. You should too. And the chat goes, no, I have integrity and I want to be a positive force. And the MPC, ah, toxic maximalist. This is literally that article. This guy, you know, did a whole article to make it make it okay for him to scam Bitcoiners or new coiners. Anyways, this next one is by Turtle Cute 33 and he goes, the pupil of your eye can expand over 45% when you see something you love and it's an expanding <laughs> eye and it's the 21 million algo. And I just want to do a shameless plug for, plug for my friend, Zach of Earth. Oof. 21 million is non-negotiable. You guys need to read this. I put it in the description and you can see why this algorithm of 21 million hard cap is so important. And this next one, had a realization this morning about how important it is to be a Bitcoin journalist. I don't know if you guys saw this video of a Financial Times woman, a journalist, quote unquote, Jemima, talking about Bitcoin. She said, like so many times, it hurt my brain. And so, shouts out to Gusta Becca. And she goes, I'm like into Bitcoin, like a lot longer than like you. Like, okay, I'm like an expert. Uh, this like, is <laughs> this is the level of journalism in the cringe worthy. Road. So cringe, so cringe. All right, anyways, let's get into this, guys. My meme review score for today, um, it's this cup, but it's not the cup. It's the watermelon juice, the fresh watermelon juice in it that is absolutely delicious. Wow. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, so interesting about journalists, right, is that a lot of these journalists that work for Bloomberg and Financial Times that criticize Bitcoin are not allowed to own it. They specifically said their job mandates they can't buy those things. So imagine from their perspective, she got in 2015 and she wasn't allowed to own any Bitcoin. What was the price of Bitcoin in 2015? It was like under $500. Could you imagine how painful that is? I would dislike it, like it, like it, not. I would dislike it, like it a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, it's talk about misaligned incentives. Anyways, I'm going to give it this MacBook adapter. has an HDMI plug. Call it what it is. See. It's a dongle. A dongle. Mm -hmm. It's a dongle. I'm gonna it's give a it, dongle. I'm going to give it a dongle. Give it a, a dongle. dongle. <laughs> when you give those memes. Well, sometimes we all need a little motivation. So I'm going to give it a round to it. Oh, Around to it. Mm -hmm. I like it. Very Bet clever. you've never seen one of these. No, I have not. And now I have. Very mm -hmm. dope. Very cool. Very cool. Guys. Handmade. Handmade. <laughs> Can't get the... They don't make them like this anymore. They don't make them like that anymore. It's true. Fiat ruined everything. Uh, Bitcoin, I think, fixes this. Anyways, guys, this is Simply Bitcoin Live. Drop your scores in the live chat, and we will read them on the show live. Let's first one from Michael Morrison. I give those memes the holy virtue of humility, which helps us overcome the deadly sin pride. Oof. Very nice. Oof. BTC pins. I, get, I know that one hit. I know Based. that one hit Opti hard. BTC pins says, I give those memes a salty surprise. Um, Opti's closet full of chalk. Score chalk. one used chalk gun. Floor is set at 18K. Mateo R says, Kanye West, JP Morgan accounts. Max Trotter gives those memes an iron cop of the financial copy of the Financial Times. Rope gives those memes an empty crown royal bag. Diogenes 
get around to it. Bitcoin, Becca. I rate those memes with a like. Very clever, Becca. Very clever. All right, last one. Jason Moore, I give it Yellow's version of the Bitbox commercial. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was a good version. That was a good version. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh, I think I think I sent it to you. I think oh, I, oh, I I'll find it. I'll find it. Oh, oh, when you okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh -huh. All right, guys. I want to check out because I want I, I want you guys to check out simply Bitcoin unfiltered. It is the written version of this show. Same signal. It's just written. Check out www.simplybitcoin.news and of course check out Simply Bitcoin's Telegram chat. You got to go to www.t.me/slash/the-simply Bitcoin channel. It's a party in there. That's where you link us Bitcoin memes to review and we'll review them. Optis, I think we're running out of time. We won't do a software update today, but I also want to give a, a awesome shout out to our awesome sponsor. Guys, you want to go check out representltd.com. Opti, show the back. That's like one of my favorite shows. Show, show the back of that shirt. Decentralized, trust no one. It's badass. They make Bitcoin merch. They're making Simply Bitcoin merch. It's stylish. It's comfy. I'm wearing the black Represent hoodie. I like the black ones. You'll see me at the airport. If you see me at the airport, I'm wearing these all the time. Not because they pay me, but because they're comfy AF. And you can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 10% off RepresentLTD.com. I also want to give a very special shout out to our awesome guest that was kind to join us today. Chad, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where could people find you on social media or find out more about what you're working on? Yeah. Uh, at Chad Blackburn on Twitter. Uh, Google me. I'm sure you'll find all kinds of fun stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm going to put you backstage for a bit while I wrap up. Guys, thank you for joining us on another episode of Simply Bitcoin. If you feel like the show provided you some value, consider smashing that like button. Maybe consider subscribing. And the number one thing you could do is share the video, get the revolution out there. It falls to us individuals. Are you going to take personal responsibility into your hand, push the orange signal, give out those orange pills? We love you all. We will see you tomorrow on Friday for another episode of Simply Bitcoin. Which one's the best crypto asset? Well, Bitcoin's the best crypto asset. Okay. What's the second best? There is no second best.